0: Welcome to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so grateful that you're here with us today. We pray that these messages encourage you, inspire you, and give you hope. Whether you are in your car, at your house, or your job, we hope you enjoy these messages. If I was going to title this, I would say, Walk with Confidence. Walk with Confidence. Now, there's a difference in confidence and arrogance, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. You've seen some people with their shoulders back and their chin high. It's not confidence, it's arrogance. But I think, I think God wants us to walk in confidence, not in fear, confidence of who he's made us and where he's called us. And David is writing about that. He's writing in the 23rd Psalm about walking with confidence. He's writing about how God is a good shepherd and we talked last week about how David knew, knew exactly what that meant because he was a shepherd. We talked about how the shepherd king needed a shepherd king. We always need to be led. I want to point out this morning that, that it may, it seems like verse 4 may, may, may sound a little bit different from the first three verses. Because after all, put up, put up the first three verses. Can we do that? Just put up verse one. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So he's talking about the shepherd leads. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Sound like God's still leading, doesn't it? He he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the water, still leading. Still leading, that's awesome. He restores my soul, it's still God. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his thing's sake. So all the way up to this, the end of verse three, it sounds like God's running the deal. The shepherd, the good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. God is, God is directing David's steps. God's, God's restoring his soul. He's making him lie down. He's leading him beside still waters, leading him in paths of righteousness. Then we get to verse four. Put verse four there. And it seems like it shifts. Seems like it shifts. We can make the mistake of thinking it might have shifted. God's leading, and now just David's walking. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. How many of you know it's different with somebody being with you than leading you? That's a little different, isn't it? Have you ever been with somebody just as scared as you? They no help, no help whatsoever, no help. Try to have a little pep talk. Hey, man, we got this. They're like, No, we don't. We don't. We got nothing. Like I'm just as scared as you are. Shut up. You're not helping anything. We make the mistake of transitioning David's thoughts here from God leading him to now he's just walking and God's with him. And that's that's not what's happening because I've had people with me that never brought me any comfort, never stopped me from being afraid, more scared than I was. I need you to understand that God has not stopped leading in verse four. God's not stopped leading in verse four. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. God, the same God that was leading, that was leading in a green pasture by still waters and paths of righteousness is leading through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, you have to understand about something about the geography of where we're talking about Certain times of the months, there was green grass growing. There was green pastures. Other times of the year, there in the summer specifically, it would dry up. And so it was a shepherd's job to get the sheep to another place of sustenance. So what would happen is you would be in a spot and the, and the, and the, the season is starting to turn and the, and the grass is starting to wither. It's becoming hot. And so the shepherd who knows what is going on, the shepherd who can tell every season coming, the shepherd who knows the beginning from the end, the shepherd who who already knows what's getting ready to happen, the shepherd decides that it's time to leave this spot and walk to this spot. Now he's doing it on purpose. The shepherd is not aimlessly wandering around going, I don't know, we may find some grass. The shepherd's been doing this. So that was not all flat ground where they were. That was not, that was not just, that was not Kansas. There was ravines and deep valleys and places that the shepherd would have to walk the sheep through in order to get to the next pasture. Everybody understand where I'm going with that? So you have sheep. The shepherd is sustaining the sheep. The shepherd is making sure they're protected. The shepherd is making sure that they get rest. The shepherd's leading them beside still waters. He's he's making sure they get everything they need. And then the season changes, and then the shepherd leads them to another place of rest, still water, has of rights, he's leading them to another place. And guess where the leading happens to walk through? Valley. It's unavoidable. You couldn't fly a plane load of sheep to the next pasture back then. You wouldn't now either. There was no monorail system that went over. There were no bridges. There were no, like, is there an easier path? It was the shepherd leading the sheep from one place to another. Now this messes with our life philosophy sometimes because some of you are stuck in this pattern. Difficult time, God gives me a little rest. Difficult time, God gives, so what we're doing is we're, God's just leaving me from one hard time to the next, one hard, one difficult thing to the next, one, one let down to the next, one disappointment to the next, over and over. This is a cycle of my life. I've heard people say, cheer up, it gets worse. Last year was terrible. Boy, if you had a terrible 2019, woo! <laughs> <laughs> You're at the beginning of 2020 going, man, this is going to be amazing. Nope. <laughs> nope. No chance. <laughs> Maybe next year. Nope. You've gotten into the pattern thinking that God leads you from trouble to trouble when actually the shepherd leads you from pasture to pasture. God's not leading you from trouble to trouble. God's leading you from sustenance to sustenance. He's not leading you from catastrophe to catastrophe. He's leading you from a place of rest to a place of rest. The only reason they walked through the valley was to get to the next grazing place. It was to get to the next place of water. It was to get to the next place where they could get food. It was to get from one place where God was taking, where the, where the shepherd would take care of them, all the way to another place. And the shepherd knew how far they could walk, how long they could walk, what they could sustain. So he would walk them through the difficult place to get to the next place of blessing. Now, I used to think, um, I used to be a little bit naive about fruit. How many of you have fruit trees around your house? Anybody have fruit trees around your house? Okay. Do you ever, do you ever go out in November and get really mad because you can't get a peach? Anyone? You ever go out to your apple tree in December and go, worthless, cut it down? just it's pointless an apple tree that doesn't make apples in december does not deserve to be on my property i used to think that it was the that it was the duty of a christian to produce fruit in every season of their life and then i got older matter of fact i started realizing that that fruit bearing plants bear fruit in season amen Matter of fact, isn't it true that you can plant a strawberry plant and not get anything from it the first year? Worthless. Who even likes strawberries? You gotta wait so long for them. Some of you were taught about what Jesus said in the book of John where he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll produce fruit. But apart from me, you can produce nothing. And that the that the vine dresser would come and cut off the vines that produce no fruit, and you would be in a season of your life where you're producing no fruit, and you'll be scared of God because you thought He's gonna come with the big lopping shears that whack and then throw you into the fire. What if you were just being walked from one pasture to another? What if, what if it wasn't a fruitless season? What if it was just a season? to get to the next fruitful place? What if it was just December? What if it was just a season where where you weren't meant to be producing something, but meant to be going to the next place of production? And so I started recalibrating the way I think about that. It wasn't that God was lopping stuff off. It wasn't that the, the, the vine dresser was just lopping off unproductive. It was lopping off dead stuff. Oh, if if you walked out in December and and trimmed your little maple tree that was growing up in the front yard with no leaves on it, and you went, ah, pointless, and cut it down, you'd be forfeiting everything that that tree could bring you in the next season. God is not like that. God is not chopping us down because of one fruitless season. He's actually walking us, through, walking us through seasons where it may seem like we don't produce fruit, but He's walking us to the next fruitful place. Because you have to understand something. There was never a shepherd that would shear the sheep in the valley. Why would that happen? Why would you walk through the valley of the shadow? of Why would God intentionally walk us through the valley of the shadow of death and go, hey, let's stop here in front of all the enemies and get the clippers out? You should be producing something. No, he doesn't do that to us. He doesn't stop you in the dangerous place and say, why aren't you doing anything? We're gonna find out what he does in those places. But it's not hassle sheep for not doing something. You know how much freedom that gave me? It gave me freedom to realize that there were seasons in my life where it didn't look fruitful, but he was preparing me for fruitfulness. Come on, some of you who have to have something going on all the time, every time, and it's gotta look like you're accomplishing something all the time, and you're just like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, we gotta get something done today. Give everybody else a Rest. Realize that there's fruitful seasons and there's seasons where you're moving towards fruitfulness. And if you trimmed off every vine on a grapevine that needed just a little pruning, if you lopped them off, you wouldn't get, ever get any grapes. But the vine dresser picks us, picks us up and cleans us off and hangs us back up, and he cares for us until the season of fruitfulness comes. And he is patient to let that happen. So when David talks about, even if I walk through a valley, I won't be afraid. Because I understand the valley is to get to the next rest. I understand the valley is to get to the next field of green grass. I understand the valley is to get to the next still water. Can I also say this to you? The fact that David said he was walking through the valley is very important because some people believe God is keeping you there. He's just walking. We need to change our mindsets about that. We're walking through the valley. We're not camping out. Walking through the the valley. I'm not not building a house. Sheep can't be productive staying in the valley. He's got to get them to the place where they can be productive. And so he leads them. David says he walks, but he hasn't left the idea that God is leading him. He's walking through the valleys, a temporary assignment to the get to the next place of rest. And we have to change our mentality about how God is leading us. He's not leading you from one bad thing to another, He's leading you from one rest to another. Amen? There's something else I need you to understand about sheep. We have some of you in here may be familiar with production animals. Some of you may have cattle, some of you may have sheep. But as a as a majority of Americans, we've lost the concept of production animals. Let me let me say it like this. There was no pets back then. And in, in our modern day version of animals, we have animals were meant to serve people. Come on, I got to get an amen about that one. Animals were meant to serve people. Sheep were production animals. Back in the day, I don't know if it's still true today. I don't know where you get your milk. Animals served people. So cows make milk, and for some of us, food. Sheep make wool, and for some of you, Food, goats make milk. <laughs> I've eaten it for some, for some of us, food. Here's what we did we started domesticating things, and then we started serving them. We invited them into our homes. who invited them into our homes, gave them domain over us. They go to the bathroom where we don't want them to. They eat food we don't want them to eat. They wake us up when we're trying to sleep. And then if you say anything about it, your family chastises you. I'm not talking about my family. I'm just, just trying to figure out. You buy new furniture and they... Animals were meant to serve us. So you say, well, that's funny. Here's the problem. If the good shepherd is leading sheep, he's leading sheep for production. Why would he lead them to a place where ultimately they wouldn't produce? What you have to remember in your life is just what David had said right before this. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. What is he doing? He's leading us to produce something. He's leading us sheep. We're not pets. You never walked up to a shepherd and say, man, why do you like being a shepherd? Oh, they're just so cuddly. It's so fun. You just lay down. When they get in a big pile, you just like you like stage dive into them, and they're like, eh. and you just lay down, and it's like, woo. said no shepherd ever. (laughs) Like I got the Merino wool sheep. They're really nice and cuddly. That's not the conversation the shepherd has. The conversation the shepherd has is how can I protect these sheep? How can I provide for these sheep? So at the end of the day, the sheep produce something. And we've confused that. We've confused that. So the leading of the shepherd from one field through the valley to another field is for the sheep's good so that they can produce, not to be cuddly. We have to remember that. David said, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. There's a production value to our relationship with God. And he's saying, I'm trying to produce righteousness in you. you. You need to follow the shepherd through the valley because of the ultimate end of the valley is production. Here's the only problem. Sheep don't get to decide if they're sheared or not. We do. Oh man, that whole free will thing. He leads us through the valley. We get on the other side and he says, all right, time to get sheared. And we go, nope. You ain't cutting me with those things. It's for production. It's for the production of righteousness in our lives that we trust him to lead us and care for us and guide us. David said he had, there was no part where he said he had confidence in himself to be able to pull off the journey. He said, he leads me. And so what he could be confident in is that the shepherd knew where the next provision was. The shepherd knew where the next rest was. The shepherd knew, okay, there's gonna be a difficult time. Remember, he made me lie down. And so he knows that that season is coming to an end. And he's gonna lead me through a difficult spot. He's gonna lead me through a a, a tragic spot. He's gonna lead me through a, a spot that I wouldn't have went on my own, but he knows the end result of that. And so David said, I can trust him. I won't be afraid. He so said, I'm not going to fear because he's with me. I'm not going to fear because he goes out before me. Hey, I need you to also understand something. The shepherd would never push the sheep into a ravine that he hadn't checked out first. So as uncertain as it seems to you, it's a, it's a definite for God. I'm getting ready to walk down in this thing. I can't see in front of my face because I got the butt of a sheep in front of me. You ever felt like that? Lord, I can't see you because there's a sheep butt right in front of me and I don't know what's going on. He says, just trust me, keep walking forward. I've already been down through there. I've already cleared it out. I would never lead you someplace that I hadn't already checked out first. He's trying to produce things in your life. Why would he hurt you? Why would he punish you for following him? He's leading you. And so John 10 chapter 10, verse, starting verse one, it says, truly, truly, this is Jesus, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, the man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the sh- gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. He goes out in front of them. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going out in front of us. When he has brought all out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. David, David's confidence was not that he could handle the enemy in the valley. It's not that he could walk through it by himself. It's not that he was strong enough, but that the Lord would protect him by going before him. David knew all of his victories were because of the Lord. David knew that God had went before him. David knew that he had made the, charted out the path. David knew that he had walked down through the valley. And if he was gonna walk him down through the valley, then he was gonna protect him. He was gonna provide for him. He was gonna get him to the next place. He knew it. And that's where his confidence came from. So if if you're in a place this morning where you're afraid, you may be trying to trust in yourself a little too much. You may be able to try to, trying to trust in your ability to work the deal or to get this angle or to like, if I say this and say that, how about we just rest in the fact that if we're following him, he's already walked down through it. He's already made sure that we're gonna be okay. Amen? Moses said this when he was trying to lead the people out of Egypt, Exodus 33, 15, Moses said, and this is the message paraphrase. I like the way they say this. Moses said, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. That's a good way to say that, isn't it? Have you ever stopped for a second and say, Lord, I gotta have confidence you're taking the lead here. And if not, just stop the whole thing. Moses says, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this whole trip off. How else will it be known that you're with me in this, with me and your people? Are you traveling with us or not? How else will we know that we are special? I and your people among all other people on this planet earth. He says, we have to know if we're gonna walk out of this place, if we're gonna make it, that you're going before us. That you are going before us. And if you read the story that Exodus, God always led the way and they followed. He always led the way and they followed. Now, I need you to understand something because there's valleys that the shepherd leads us through and there's valleys that we run into on our own. All right, you ready? I'm gonna give you a warning here. Give you a disclaimer on this. It's gonna be a little painful. Remember back... A month ago, we were talking in James that sometimes we're sick because of sin in our own life. Do you remember that? David is not confident because he can just run off and do whatever he wants and and God's gonna run down before him and fix it. God is not your fixer. God is your savior. Amen? So, So God is... God is not doing the thing where He's like, "Okay, sheep, just wherever, just run off, do whatever you want, and then uh, when you get yourself, uh, if you find yourself in the mouth of a wolf, I'll show up and help you out." No, 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 no. What happens is there are times in our lives. There's times in my life where I have run off and I end up in a valley and I have no idea where I'm going, no idea, where, and it's my fault. Some of you are like, I don't know, you just. It's my fault. I know I'm down there. I know I got there by my own accord. I know that I walked down there from a temper tantrum because I didn't like what God was doing at that time. So I thought I'll stomp off in my own valley. And then I got down there and it was 10 times worse than I ever imagined. I started going, I need help. Let me say something in those circumstances. Do you want God to answer your prayer every time? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know one prayer he will answer every time? A prayer of confession. A prayer of confession he will answer you every time. The Bible says if you're faithful to confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And so if I walk down in the valley all by myself and it's my my undoing is my doing, the best thing I could do at that moment is to go, dude, it was me you know how many times in my life I blamed God for somewhere I walked? God, why are you leading me here? He said, I'm in another valley. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You got over there on your own. But here's what I'm confident about. Even when I do it on my own, the Bible says that he will leave the 99 and go chase me. (laughs) But boy, when he gets to you, you better say, I did it. David knew what this looked like. David had created valleys that God never wanted him to walk down. You remember the whole thing where he had his mistress's husband killed? Just a little valley. That's a little rough spot in your life. Amen? Like, how you doing, David? I don't know. Me and Bathsheba are getting along pretty well. Just had her husband killed. Thinking about having kids? That's a valley of his own making. And you know what? When the prophet came to him and said, David, you're the guy. You're the one who did this. You know what David did? No excuses. You're right. I did it. You know what the best thing i found out? When you get caught, just confess. So much easier. A loving father they're saying, hey, I'm not catching you because I want to beat you down on the ground and humiliate you. I chased you down because I want you to be productive. I chased you down because the path you're walking on right now does not lead to another green pasture. The path you're walking on right now does not lead beside still waters. And I chased you down. I left the 99 and chased you down so that I could get you back to the pasture. So we need to stop stop thinking about God as, oh, he's going to just destroy my life. He already knows you ran off. David said, I, I'm the man. I did it. He is faithful to, con- if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. You have to remember that. The Bible says there's there. Now, therefore, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Just spill the beans. Just confess. He'll answer it every single time. Every single time. So, David says, even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, he's leading me. I'll fear no evil. Do you remember what he says after that? He throws this little shepherd thing in there. What's he say? Does anybody remember? Don't put it up on the screen. It's a test. His what? There's two things. Rod and his staff, they comfort me. His rod and his staff, that comfort me. Now some theologians think this was one, uh, one stick and there's others that I happen to believe, there's others that think it was two, and I happen to believe it was two different sticks. Um, and here's why. It's hard to discipline somebody with the same mechanism you're trying to defend them with. Did you hear me? It's hard to discipline somebody with the same instrument that you're beating off the enemy with. If you are using an instrument to defend, fight the enemy, it's really difficult to turn around and then be gentle, and then everybody view that as a gentle instrument. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't beat my kids with my belt. I'm gonna just, it holds your pants up. <laughs> think about it. We get confused because we think the instrument God is defending us with, he's also disciplining us with, and that's not true. It's not true. And uh, some of you are looking at me like starry eye. Let me, let me give you a little example. This is a, a Masai Rungu. Now, it's not in the same... Part of Africa is what we're talking about, but I thought it would be a good illustration of what a rod may have looked like back then. Actually, a rod that Dave was talking about probably didn't have a crook in the end of it, but it would have like a light bulb shaped, incandescent light bulb shaped. Um, you're like, oh, they put the cue thing on the end of No, ball on the end of it, it wouldn't have straight, but it have been about this size. I I was coming out of uh, Maasai Mara one time, a game park, and there was a young Maasai teenager. And and, uh, the friends I I was with had talked about how they um, were collecting these and I wanted to start my own collection. And so I see this young, we're driving up this dirt road and I see this young man uh, herding uh, some cattle and goats. And I looked over and I said, he's got one. And so what would happen is this is actually a plant that grows like this and this is the root ball and they would dig it up and they would carve the end of it into, a, into an instrument. It's got a little point there and it's a stick. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. It is really good for raining down some pain on things. That's what this is designed to do. This is designed to give other animals really bad headaches. It feels good in your hand. When you pick it up, you want to hit something. I could give it to you and you just start going like, oh man, this is amazing. You can throw it. It's designed to inflict pain. It is stout. It's balanced. It's designed to inflict the most damage you can inflict on the enemy. I love it. I've never hit my kids with it. That's important. It's designed for the enemy because here's what David says, your rod and your staff comfort me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. The rod that can dish out the wrath of God comforted David. Why did that happen? Because there was never a chance he thought he would use it on him. Some of you have come from churches, some of you come from relationships with the same thing the shepherd tried to guide you with, they hit you with. That's not God. That's not God, that's manipulation. That's not how David painted this picture. He said, they're comforting to me. So why was it comforting? He said, because this was only used on the enemy. It was only used on the enemy. He never worried about the shepherd hitting him. He never worried about the good shepherd beating him with the wrath. And that's what some of us think God is doing. Oh, I messed up and now he's coming for me with a rod. God never uses this on his own sheep. It was never designed to do that. The little Maasai teenager was walking through there and I said, "Talk." The, the, the guy that took us in the van. I said, hey man, call him over here, see if he'll sell it to me. So the guy walks over and he, uh, he's looking at us and the guy said, the guy said in Swahili, hey, will you sell that to us? And the guy went, what? Yeah, yeah, how much you want for that? And I not think I gave him 10 bucks for it. And he thought I was the stupidest person on the planet that day. Because I'm sure he just walked right back out in the bush, dug up another plant like this, and in about five hours, he had another one of these waiting on another dummy to drive by and sell it to him. (laughs) But he had two instruments that day that I bought from him, not one. He had a staff as well. Staff didn't have a ball on the end of it. It was just a skinny little stick. He had never hit one of his animals with this, but he'd take that skinny little stick and when they were walking, he'd tap them every now and then. Hey, get back over in the group, come on, come on, get back. And so this would have been in his belt. And then we had the long skinny little stick and he would have just tapped them, get back over. This is where we're going, don't be afraid. I'm protecting you and I'm leading you. You know why David was comforted? Because he was being protected and didn't have to worry about that wrath coming on him and he was being led. Protection and leading, they're two different things. They're two different things. The wrath that God is pouring out on the enemy, you will never experience. It wasn't designed for you. But some of us walk around in fear every time we mess up, that the wrath of God is coming for you. You've, you're afraid He's pulling out the rungu the next time and He's going to whack you with it because you because you might have grown up in a church where where they just said, uh, "Oh, it's over now. You finally messed up." Maybe you've been in a relationship where just waiting on you to mess up just so they can just so they could whack you a good one. David said, "His rod and his staff." comfort me. I wake up feeling good about my, wake up comforted because he has a rod and a staff and he knows when and where to use them. They comfort me. They comfort me. I told you a couple of weeks ago, we worked so hard here to make sure the rod is not used for the church, but that the staff is guiding people That this is a safe place to be, not a fearful place. It's a safe place to be transparent, not a fearful place. You don't have to worry about coming in and telling somebody something and getting whacked with something that was meant to defend you. If we're carrying sticks like this around, we better not use them on each other. We better know how to use them to defend each other. This was a really good thing in the eyes of the sheep. This was awesome. If I see the shepherd carrying one of these, I know I'm safe. He's not going to let anything touch me. He's not going to let anything hurt me. He's going to protect me. Amen. We need to be protected. He said, I'm protected and directed. They comfort me. The band's going to come up. John 10: 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who has a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Listen to me. The shepherd will spare no expense in protecting you to get you to the next place. If you're walking through a valley right now and you and, and you think, man, it seems like God is purposefully walking me through this, you have to convince yourself of this, that number one, it has nothing to do with your strength. It has everything to do with his strength, his ability to protect you, his ability to lead you, and his ability to get you to the next place. So, When we were with sin and could do nothing about it in our own weakness, what did God do? He said, I'm gonna walk through the valley first. Come on, Emmanuel, God with us, what did he do? Jesus didn't count it. Didn't count it something to be equal with God. He came down here and he put on flesh and he walked through the valley first, all the way down through the end and he laid his life down for what? To get us to the next place. To get us to the next place. Laid his life down to get us to the next place. Some of you may be walking through a difficult time right now and you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. If you're feeling weak right now, disoriented, Paul wrote this for you, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says, Paul was sick, first of all. Paul was sick, sick, sick. Sick enough to pray for himself, sick enough to keep asking God for himself. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for in my power, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know when you realize the true power of God? When you're walking through the valley and he's all you got. The confidence that he will get me through the other end. So Paul said, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. Did you hear what he said? I'm content with weakness. You know what a sheep is okay with? Being a sheep. Sheep is just okay being a sheep. Hey, don't you wish you could bark like a dog? Not really. Don't you wish you had could run faster? Not really kind of like being a sheep I don't need to be any stronger he's already strong enough I don't need I don't need to have the master he's already got the master plan I don't need to be any more of a protector because he's my protector Amen So here's what I want to leave you with You getting to the end is not your responsibility You getting to the next place is not dependent on you. David said, even if I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to be fearful. I won't fear because he's leading me. And and I'm going to be actually comforted by it because he has all the tools to protect me and keep me and get me there. So Paul writes this to the Philippians chapter one, stand to your feet. Now, Paul's writing this towards the end of his life. He says, I am sure of this. I'm sure of this. After all I've been through, he says, after all that I've walked through, after all the difficulties, after all the good times, he said, here's what I'm sure of. That he who began a good work in you, he who started you walking, he who decided to lead you, he who decided to comfort you, he who decided to protect you, he who decided to save you, he did you hear it had nothing to do with Paul, had nothing to do with me, had nothing to do with you. He said, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So guess what? There is no chance that you're not gonna make it to the next field. That's on God. He said it was his responsibility to complete the work. So here's what I know. Even in death, he's leading us to another pasture. Even at the end of our lives, he's leading us to another pastor. He said, I went before you and prepared a place for you. He said, if I didn't do that, I would have I told you, but I'm the good shepherd and I'm leading you. And so this life is not the only thing that he's leading us to. He's leading us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's leading us into the next, into the next pastor. He's leading us into glory. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's sing this together. be walking through a valley right now, I just want you to do one thing. Not for me, not for anybody else in the room, but for you. Just take 30 seconds and just lift your head to heaven and say, I trust you with this. Just tell him out loud. Just say, I trust you with this. Lord, I can't say I've always trusted you, but I trust you with this. I believe you're leading me. I believe you're going to provide I believe you're gonna protect. I believe you're leading, Lord, and I trust you. Come on, could you just tell him that? Whatever it is you're trying to protect yourself over, whatever it is you're trying to figure it out, just, just trust him today. Be comforted by him today. Lord, we thank you that you're so good to us. We thank you, Lord. God, that you walk right into our lives like this today. And we pray, Lord, that we'd have confidence that you've never left, that you're leading us. We thank you for that. And, Lord, we're going to walk into this week knowing that you have secured the victory, knowing that you're protecting us. We thank you for it, God, and that you've never failed. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Come on, church, could you give him honor and praise this morning He's good. And, listen, we'll see you back here next week. Do not be afraid. Be comforted. We'll see you then. We thank you for your time today. We hope you have grown closer to Jesus Christ through this message. If you found it helpful, share the message. Share it with your friends and your family. And
1: with your help, we can take the gospel far and wide.